When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Hello and welcome to the How To Academy podcast, the bi-weekly show from London's home of big thinking. I'm Vas Christodoulou. Marie Kondo rose to astronomical fame and began a global movement when she introduced the world to the life-changing magic of tidying up. She joined us in person in London to tell Hannah McInnes about her new book, Karashi at Home. Her translator was Bethan Jones. We're very honoured to have you here. Thank you very much. Thank you very much. Uh, Good evening, everyone. I'm so happy to be here in London. (laughs) Well, I was going to... And I should should mention um, that my questions will be translated and there will also be the chance for you to ask questions uh, after around 45 minutes and we'll try and get in as many as possible. So... I was going to f- start off by saying what it, yeah. how it feels to be back in London, meeting your great fans and followers. I'm just so happy to be here. I love London. I always come here for work, but as you say, it's been six years since I actually had a chance to talk in front of people here in London, so I, my heart is overflowing. Oh, well, that is lovely to hear. Um, I, when you... Um, I suppose, first became enchanted by tidying. I wonder if you had ever this inkling or dreamed that it would come to this, this empire, this extraordinary thing that you've created, and, and why you think that happened. Of course, I'm really surprised that it's come to this place where people around the world know about and are actually carrying out this tidying. But I truly believe uh, from the bottom of my heart in the value of tidying and I feel how necessary it is in the world right now. I'm really interested to know from that, I said enchanted from a young age. I just wonder where that came from, sort of um, how young it was, where this kind of dream and this desire to tidy came from. I got interested in tidying at five years old. (laughs) The dream for so many parents. (laughs) I was interested at the age of five, I was interested in everything that went on the home. So not just tidying, but washing, sewing, cooking, everything. But tidying was the one thing that that I couldn't do. By which I mean that however much I tidied, it always got messy again. So it was this... (laughs) I had this question in my mind of how could I tidy so that it stayed tidy. So that question I want to come on to very, very much. (laughs) Um, And hear the answer to. But I just want just um, to ask about Akihiro Miwa, who you talk about in the book as someone who was the real thing and who came to your university and inspired you so much. 
そうですね。まあ、ミワキヒロさんって。アキヒロミワ、uh, I'm sure the Japanese people in the audience will, will know him, but maybe nobody else. He's a singer, a stage actor, and he always said that you had to have Um, your own aesthetic in your life. He said that you should have your own philosophy regarding the things that you wear, the things that you own,、uh, what you say, and how you say it. And when I had the chance to, to meet him、uh, at university, I was just so struck by, by him. And I think that experience、um, has really fed into what I do now, which is, which is finding things or encouraging people to find things that spark joy in their lives. And that is exactly what this book is, is all about. So I'd love to know when you're writing I mean, this book particularly, do you have a, a reader in mind? Is it, is it aimed at everyone? Who, who are you writing it for? It's for people who are about to start tidying and, and want their days to, to spark joy. And it's also for people who have finished that first stage of tidying and want to go on to lead a life that sparks joy. Whereas before it was more about the tidying itself, now it's more about daily life, the actions、uh, in your daily life, and how to go about finding, finding joy in that with a bit of tidying mixed in. And the thing that I found so interesting and that you say at the beginning is that it, it's about kind of getting this balance right between this ideal home we want to live in. And some of us, I think, have, have this ideal. And because we know we can't reach that, it's not within our means. Sort of give up,、um, and you say, Live a joyful life with what you have now. And so much、um, about the beginning of the book is about how to do that to get that balance right of living realistically but still idealistically. Yet I encourage people to not restrict themselves initially when they're imagining their ideal life, to really think about what, what their true ideal is. And then I encourage people to, to see what it is that they can take away from that ideal, what it is that they can implement right now in their own lives and, and move gradually towards what it is they're imagining. So, if people are thinking, you know, I live like so many of us now、um, in, a rent, in a rented home, it's, it's not necessarily my own or, or how I would have it, or I live in a, sm- a small、um, home in the city, that there's still a way to,、um, to, to bring these methods and to bring these ideas into every place you live. Yes, that's, the, that's one of the biggest messages from this book.、Mm-hmm. A lot of us, when we're trying to imagine our ideal、uh, lifestyle, our ideal way of life, we start by thinking about our ideal house or the ideal things that we would have around us. And that's fine. But what's more important if, is thinking about the ideal way that we want to spend time in that space.、Uh, and that, that's what Kurashi is about.、Mm-hmm. It's all about how you want to spend your time in that space. Do you want to, for example,、uh, listen to music to relax before bed? Do you want to do yoga to relax the first thing in the morning when you wake up? When you break down your image of the ideal lifestyle, it's all about how you spend your time. And that's something that you can start thinking about right now. And, and that's why you say,、um, you know, it's so much more, as you've been saying, than cleaning. And you, and you say, tidying means dealing with things in your life. Uh, so, what do you really want to put in order? And that、um, when you、uh, first start to see a client,、um, you say that tidying corresponds to a block in a person's personal life. So, I'm really interested in that.、Uh, 
Um, before you even begin to think about tidying, you really have to think, what is it mentally that you want to sort of work out and sort out? Then you begin with the physical tidying. Yes, that's something I've realized as I've watched so many people uh, go about tidying, is that people who want to tidy up their homes, it's not just their home they want to tidy. There is, there is something else that, that, that they want to, to tidy in their life. It might be in their work life, it might be their relationships, it might be within themselves, their behavior or their, their thoughts or their way of life. All of these things can be part of it, but the thing that they, that they think of is that they want to start tied by tidying their home. I mean, and, and as part of this kind of wholesome picture, a bit later on in the book, you talk about how it can you know, affect cleanliness, tidiness can affect the mind and even the gut, the whole body is affected by tidiness. Of It's so interesting and I really don't know why this is, but somehow once you've tidied, I find people say that their, their stomachs feel lighter, the things that they, that they want to eat change, they want to eat lighter foods. Um, it really does seem to affect your body and I really wish someone would carry out a study into this, um, but it's something I've experienced myself. But I think it's because tidying is the process of selecting things that spark joy for you. So it's, it's discerning what the things are that you want in your life and that you need in your life. And maybe that sensitivity is passed on to, to your stomach so that, that, that your body knows what, what the foods that it wants and needs are. On a, on a sort of um, practical level and talking about the finding things that spark joy, um, I mean, judging from the kind of reception, I think that this will be familiar to many people. But I wonder if you could, as you do in the book, just um, recap the Marie method that you have, um, because you do um, go through that again in this, in this book and explain how people should begin with that. So the KonMari method is not just about tidying your house. It's about finding the things around you that are, that are the things that spark joy. And it's a physical sensation. When you touch an object, if it sparks joy, you will feel it in your body. Your whole body feels lighter. <laughs> Whereas if you touch something that doesn't spark joy, sometimes you find your whole body just feels heavy. And as you go through this process, um, using your senses, using your head as well, of course, to select those things that spark joy, um, you find that you, you hone your, what I call your sensitivity to joy. Um, and that means that after you've tidied, you'll find that you can do this not just for objects, but also for your work, also for relationships. So tidying in this way really can change your life. And There are so many people now who have experienced this around the world, and I think that's why it's, it's become so popular and spread so much. One thing that people find, um, I think, increasingly difficult, people found it difficult to throw things away for personal reasons. Now it's even harder because we feel guilty uh, throwing away, sort of discarding things at the moment. It feels like the wrong thing to do because we know where it goes. So how do we also get that balance right when we want to sort of have a big clean-out, but you do feel a sense of guilt about the sort of um, wasting things and, and throwing things, for example, to to landfill or where they go. I think it's completely natural to feel guilt when you let something go. What's important is, is making that choice uh, and, and thinking not just of what you're, getting, what you're letting go, but the things that you're going to keep. And what I always say to people who say they are, they're feeling guilty about letting things go is to make sure that they express their gratitude towards those things. Mm. 
Because even the things that you're letting go, they, they were in your life for a reason. They had a meaning. Um, for example, if you bought something that you ended up not wearing, that's taught you that, that that kind of thing doesn't suit you. What I think is important is to, to go through that process with each object and to face up to your guilt when you're letting things go, um, even though it may be hard, because later, once you've been through this, you'll find that you stop buying unnecessary things. You will only buy the things that spark joy for you. Uh, and so if you hadn't been through this, maybe you'd be buying loads more stuff um, and feeling even more guilt. So, I mean, the, so you get joy um, out of finding the things in your home that spark joy, but also um, you manage to find joy in the actual process of, of cleaning and calm in the process of cleaning. And I'm sure I'm not alone. I'm sure many people find um, tidying a source of great sort of stress, and it's a worry that, that builds up and builds up. And it's, I wonder, you know, you have wonderful advice in the book about how to find cleaning meditative and joyful and not something that makes your heart race. It's all about the, the, the intention behind the cleaning and the aim, or behind the tidying and the aim. Rather than thinking of tidying of something as something that we, we have to do, that we don't want to do, we should think of it as, as a step in this ritual of changing our lives for the better. How many of you here have actually been through this and tidied? Wow, so many. <laughs> that, that's impressive. <laughs> and I'm sure that those of you who have tidied, would you say that your lives have changed for the better? Yes. <laughs> what people tend to say is they wish they'd done it sooner. I mean, the thing that I find fascinating, so, so all those people, did you manage to do the all-in-one go? Did you do it all-in-one go? Let's see. Okay, so that's the part I want to, to ask about. <laughs> because because um, I feel that no, no matter what, cleaning is an endless, it's an endless thing. Whenever it, it, it doesn't feel like it's ever finished. And so you can say, I'll start work when my, my place is clean, my, my space is clean, and that's when I can have a clean head and start work but it never feels quite clean enough and it becomes quite a vicious circle. So how do you get that right again? Because there also must be a time where you say, it's okay, and you sort of have to let go. There are two types of tidying. The first kind of tidying is everyday tidying, and this is when you've used something, putting it back where it belongs. And you're right, Hannah, this, this kind of tidying never does end. This will keep going. Okay. Okay. <laughs> But the type of tidying I'm talking about with the KonMari method is the tidying festival. This type of tidying happens all in one go so that you can really experience the shock of the effect that tidying has on your life. So it's different to your everyday tidying. And in this, this is where it's important to kind of personalize your home personalize your your furnishings your furniture and and you talk a lot in the book about how you how you sort of talk to your to your furniture and I wonder if you could explain why that's important to kind of bring them into conversations and, and feel gratitude in that way this is something that's happened through all my experience with tidying all the things around us the things we own our house our furniture all these things are there supporting us day to day 
We wear clothes. The clothes allow us to go places. Shoes take us places. Our homes allow us to rest so that we can we can go to work. And tidying gives us the opportunity to experience that gratitude that we usually take for granted. This episode of the podcast is sponsored by Marquee TV. Marquee TV is an incredible streaming service that is a gateway to arts and culture. With my subscription, I've enjoyed watching some of the Royal Shakespeare Company's most acclaimed productions of recent years, including David Tennant in Richard II and Simon Russell Beale in The Tempest. I've seen multiple productions of The Ring Cycle and Thelonious Monk playing in Brussels in 1963. I've watched Alice in Wonderland at the Royal Opera House and Giselle at La Scala. Marquee TV really is the most accessible way into culture I've ever encountered and a treasure trove for any arts lover. You can try it for three months for just 99p. Yep, three months for 99p with the code HOWTO. Just visit marquee.tv and use the promo code HOWTO to dive into the world of the arts like never before. Hey there, I'm Dr. Maya Shunker, and I'm a scientist who studies human behavior. Many of us have experienced a moment in our lives that changes everything, that instantly divides our life into a before and an after. On my podcast, A Slight Change of Plans, I talk to people about navigating these moments. Their stories are full of candor and hard-won wisdom. And you'll hear from scientists who teach us how we can be more resilient in the face of change. Listen on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Oh, there are so many questions, and we have lots. You know, most of them are answered wonderfully in the book. But I, I'm really interested to get to um, what you said at the start, which is that, of course, so much of it is about how to actually live your day and do and have your best day. You ask your readers to sort of idealise their best day and their best morning. Um, so, I mean, perhaps we could begin with something that I was so interested in, which was how to get working from home. I think many people still work from home, and how to keep that sense of calm and peace and balance when you're not leaving the house to change your workspace in, and your home space is your workspace because you have some wonderful advice for that. Well, firstly, I think it's really important to, to make that distinction when you're working from home between work time and leisure time. So for a lot of people, you might not have a dedicated workspace within the home. That, that was the case for me. Uh, previously, I used to work at the dining table. And it's possible, even in that situation, to flip that switch so that you get into work mode. It might be um, through fragrance, a grapefruit fragrance, for example, when you're working, or having a short meditation before you start work, or even changing your clothes. And the other fantastic advice you have is about um, just the importance. I think people are realizing more and more the importance of the morning, and that's everything. And you write a lot about the morning ritual and the morning routine. But I'm going to ask at the same time, how, as you explain, um, you can get that right when you also have uh, screaming or demanding or what, even if they're delightful, children to <laughs> deal with to get to school or whatever it might be. When you think about your ideal way of spending time, that is going to be different depending on your stage of life. Mm. When I was single, I could spend time having a relaxed breakfast, doing some yoga before I started work. Very, very chilled morning. Now I have three children. It's all over the place. And when I think what my ideal lifestyle looks like now, when, now that I have small children, the youngest is one year old, my ideal way of spending time now is, is to spend time with my children. And so I've been able to 
to look at things positively and say that because this is now my ideal, it's, it's not important for me anymore that everything be tidy or that everything be organized. I've realized that life has its limitations. There's a limit to what we can do. Uh, and what's important now is not that I spend time getting frustrated and thinking, I must tidy, I must tidy, but, but to spend that time laughing with my kids. Mm. So I think it's about always trying to think, what is the kurashi, the, the, the way of life that sparks joy for me right now in this moment? And I think I remember seeing that actually you've um, helped your children to find ways of enjoying tidying and making it a family activity too. As much as possible, I try to not get annoyed when I'm tidying, not to show them that I'm annoyed when I'm tidying, although sometimes I am. <laughs> I try to make tidying fun for them. Um, I try to make it so that play and tidying go together, so that so that they're always in a good mood when they're, when they're tidying. And rather than saying, you know, tidy up please, I'll say... Now this needs to go back in its home, this needs to go back here, this book needs to go back on the shelf. Everything has its home and that makes it easier for them to do. And I think whatever the situation kind of outside of the bedroom, that's why it's so important to do what you talk about, which is kind of have a joy niche, you say, in, in your room. And I was really entranced by that idea again of how, how helpful that can be because no matter what's going on outside, you have that to retreat to or to, to start the day with. Yes, it doesn't have to be the bedroom necessarily, but when your house is, is a bit of a mess uh, with all the, the family members, um, it is important just to have that one spot that is, that is going to spark joy for you. Yeah. Now, I need to um, definitely I just check the timings. Yes, it's already time. I'm sure that you're going to have lots of questions. Um, I'm just going to ask one, one other thing that comes to my mind, which is, I suppose, one of the things that I think people find um, difficult or, or that sort of sparks less joy and more stress in cleaning is, is sort of, I suppose, dirt in, in itself. And you talk in the book about um, cleaning the floors with a cloth and going up close to, close to the floors to clean them with a cloth or even your shoes. And, and I, I was wondering when I was reading that how you um, have the right balanced attitude to, I suppose, to the dirt that you're removing, to, to find that, to, to still remain calm in, those, in that situation. I feel that, that cleaning is also in a way purifying my own heart. The more I do it, the calmer I feel. And of course, the, the cleaner my house gets. I think it's an amazing thing to do. Yeah. Um, my final question is, what, so you've got this wonderful book and I wonder what, what, now, um, what happens now after this tour, what your plan is for the sort of near or, or distant future. Well, the, the book, as you say, has come out and, but what I want to do going forward, it really hasn't, hasn't changed. I still want to help as many people as possible tidy in order to find what spikes, sparks joy in their lives. Um, and I'll do whatever, whatever I can to keep, to keep doing that. That's, that's the aim of my life. And now I'm doing that through Karashi. I want to carry on trying to do that in my own life. Um, and I think as my children grow up, my, my own ideal Karashi will probably change. So I don't have any specific uh, plans going forward, but I'm looking forward to, to finding what it is that sparks joy for me in future. Okay, I've, I was um, going to reluctantly stop asking my own questions because I could carry on for a very long time. Um, okay, the, let's, go, let's start with um, this lady here and then afterwards we'll go um, to the person there. Um, who, yes, with your hand up there, exactly. Konnichiwa. Konnichiwa. 
May I ask in Japanese? Yeah. Uh, if you could translate yeah, it, yeah. yeah. Of course. The question is about what's through being so well known, um, what, what, is, what has been good about that, and, and what are some other things that I've struggled with? Obviously, uh, it's, come, it's all come as a surprise to me. I was just uh, a girl who liked tidying, and it's, it still surprises me that so many people are listening to the message. And there was a time a few years ago when I was uh, taking this message overseas, uh, outside of Japan, and, and I felt like people were really looking up to me and seeing me as this amazing person, and there was such... A, they felt like there was such a gap between that person and me. And, and the way that I overcame that pressure was when I had my third child, I just knew that it was impossible to be this, this super tidy person anymore. <laughs> and when I realized that it was okay to be my real self and to express my real self, um, that was when I started to feel the pressure dropping away. And it really, what it really came down to was accepting myself and realizing that, that was, it was okay to be me. And then, and then I felt the pressure was much less. But I still have the desire and I still believe uh, in tidying um, and I still want to, to spread that message. Thank you and thank you. For, um, yes, the microphone there, thank you. Oh, very good to see you in person, Marie Kondo. You're a very positive person. And uh, it's very interesting to hear how you were talking about um, you know, teaching your kids to really enjoy tidying. So I just wonder, how would you go about teaching yourself? Like, I don't enjoy tidying as much as I want to. <laughs> so how, how can I enjoy it more? I think you need to think uh, about how to make it fun for you. Maybe start by pretending it's fun. Maybe... <laughs> If you go if you go into it thinking that it's going to be boring, then it's going to bring you down. Or maybe maybe find someone who's going to enjoy doing it to do it with. You will enjoy tidying. We've had this conversation. You will enjoy it. Okay. I'm, I'm sending you all happy tidying vibes. <laughs> okay, we've got the mic working. Brilliant. Uh, hi, thank you, Marie. Um, I wondered, when you were single and you were dating, uh, what questions did you ask to find out whether or not <laughs> the guys shared the same philosophy as you? And is your husband tidy naturally or has he evolved? I didn't really ask that. <laughs> I think maybe because I, um, I, I am a tidy person, a tidier. Uh, I attracted someone similar, maybe. Um, I'm not a professional and expert in these areas, so I don't know. It was complete coincidence that I met my husband. But I do think that once, because I had been through this process, I had organized my life, and I knew what kind of life I wanted to be living, what my ideal life and, my, and what work I wanted to be doing, then I find when you do that, it, you, you do find that the people that you need in your life and the people that that, that suit you do appear. Um, and I'm, it's not just me that that's happened to. A lot of people who've been through the tidying process, and I don't know what the mechanism is by which this happens, but a lot of people um, I hear have, have met the right person as a result. Thank you. That sounds like the next Netflix documentary. Um, <laughs> 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 that's a Big good, good idea. That's a good one. Yeah. Um, um, Oh, 
there's a, a, yes, this girl here with the uh, polar neck. Why do you think people are messy in general? I think it's because people don't really understand what it is that is important to them. If you have that kind of unease in your heart, then that might prompt you to buy things that you don't really need. I don't think that having things and that being messy are, are bad. What's really important is whether you are happy and, and whether you can relax and feel comfortable in that space. The, the kind of space that we feel comfortable and happy in, it varies from person to person, and some people might, might be very happy in a space that's slightly messy. So what's important is just to, to find out what it is that works for you. Yeah. Thank you so much. Someone's got their hand up very high. Yes, exactly you. Hello. Hi. Uh, it's a pleasure to see you on the stage. I have a hard time, especially like to get rid of things that my family gave to me, like my grandma, who's already dead, you know, and I feel like I'm betraying her, like if I'm going to throw that in the garbage. Is there any tip? That's really hard. Um, I've been doing this for a long time now, and I really understand how difficult it is to let go of sentimental items. What I would say is, if there's something you can't let go of right now, Even once you've expressed that gratitude towards it, you still feel too bad about letting it go, then keep it and, and keep it happily. So don't, don't keep it and, and keep hang on to that guilt and keep it all the while thinking, oh, but I really should get rid of it. If you feel so bad that you can't get rid of it, then, then accept that feeling and accept that you're not going to let go of it and you're going to keep it and thank that object for staying with you. And if you, if you really embrace those feelings, accept the feelings that you have for the object, then you'll realize when the time has come to let it go. So maybe those, there are sentimental items that you can't let go of right now, but there are other things, I'm pretty sure there are other things that you will be able to, that you'll, you'll realize that they've, they've played their role in your life and you can let them go. And through letting those other objects go and through having that experience, you will be organizing your own heart and honing your, your sensitivity to joy. Thank you so much. Hi, Mary. Um, I just wanted to say thank you for bringing your philosophy to tidying to the world. I'm, I'm sure I speak for everyone um, saying it, it makes a big difference <laughs> to a lot of people. I'm also a mother to um, two young children, and my eldest is three years old. And I'm trying to teach her to uh, you know, bring a love of, to tidying as well um, and to treat cleaning as you know, have service with a smile and, and, and things like that and make it an enjoyable thing for her. But do you use, as a mother of three yourself, anything else like checklists or cleaning schedules or any other practical tools that other busy mums out there can use to sort of help make it easier for their kids to love cleaning and tidying? What I would really recommend is making folding clothes into a game. It's a very simple activity, but it's something that you need to do daily. It's something that everyone has to do. Uh, and so I try to make that into a game uh, with my children. I show them how to do it, and, and they love seeing all the, the clothes folded up and lined up neatly. Uh, and I really recommend the, the children's book that, that I wrote, Kiki and Jacks. And we have to, sadly, we have to draw it to a close. You're going to be signing um, the book for a while outside. Can I first say, Bethan, thank you so much. Yeah, It's absolutely so wonderful. Much. <laughs> thank you to all of you. And, of course, a huge thank you to Marie. A great yeah, joy. Thank you so much. This episode of the podcast starred Marie Kondo and her translator was Bethan Jones. 
The presenter was Hannah McInnes, and the episode was produced by Esme Bright and Nicole Wong. The series is made by Esme and me, and our editor is John Doughty. You can join us live in London for conversations just like this one. Sign up to our mailing list to find out when and where. Next on the podcast, we have another well-being superstar, Mike Viking, the Dane who introduced the world to Hugger. Till then, I'm Vas Christodoulou. Thanks for listening. <laughs>